Welcome to another edition of the Game Sports Podcast. It is the host of the Game Sports Podcast, David McCaig Jr. The Game Sports Podcast is powered by 91N. That's 91 Network. 91N is a YouTube channel that airs a variety amount of podcasts. And if you're currently doing a podcast or are interested in starting a podcast, you can email 91NetworkSSM at gmail.com today to join the family of 91N. In tonight's episode, it will be yours truly solo in the first segment where I'll be discussing Alec Manoa, Zach Wilson, NFL Draft Player Development, March Madness, as well as the greatest GOAT of all time. I think you'll know where I'll be going with that one. In the second segment, I'll be joined by Dane Hantrow and Alex Parr discussing all things hockey, including the 1985 NHL redraft, the Would You Rather segment, Team Canada's projected Olympic roster, as well as some PWHL thoughts, as well as UC Saros or Yaroslav Askarov. Lots of great sports content coming your way here on the game. Let's go. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Podcast. This is your host, David McCaig Jr. This is the Game Sports Podcast powered by 91N. That's 91 Network. If you're listening to us on the 91N Network, 54321. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Podcast. This is your host, David McCaig Jr., hosting you this evening on this episode of the Game Sports Podcast. You already know the agenda. You already know who powers us. And wherever you're listening, hopefully you have it like, follow, or subscribe, or either or all of them. And hopefully you have interacted with us as well in the past. And hopefully you're ready for some interaction today as we have a lot of content to bring to you. And in this first segment, which you already know what it's all about, it's going to be a complete, well, round table with myself, if you will, but of various topics I'm going to be bringing to the table. And I am going to start on the diamond. Now, I don't have... Connor Henderson here with me. You could check out our episode last week. It was fantastic. We went into spring training preview, some, well, season preview thoughts, but as well as some MLB expansion discussion and also with some players that were still on the board. However, one of those players, Cody Bellinger, is now off the board. But I want to stick to one team. It is a team that I do talk about more commonly on this podcast, but of course we talk about all teams here on the Game Sports Podcast, no matter what sport it is. But Giving a little bit of extra attention to the Toronto Blue Jays right now. And yesterday, the date of this recording is February the 28th. Obviously, Alec Manoa had his spring training debut yesterday, which was the 27th of February. And it did not go so well. Uh, obviously, he couldn't even pitch more than two innings, uh, not even 40 pitches, and the guy let four runs. And you got to say, Alec Manoa went into this year looking like he was potentially looking for a good rebound season after a disastrous season. You know, he looked fit. Uh, he looked like he was able to um, come into spring training in game form, in midseason form in terms of his fit, but also the way he was delivering his mechanics while he was in the bullpen pitching uh, and practicing for spring training. But in the game, that didn't show. Obviously, Alec Manoa was somebody that I even said last year that I feared was going to be a Ricky Romero 2.0. And that's no offense to Ricky Romero and no offense to being a pitcher in the Major League Baseball. It's it's tough, and it's tough to be consistent, especially when you're a pitcher that has such a strong start to their career. And then players discover and learn how to hit off you. And did players ever learn how to hit off Alec Manoa quite easily last year? And it was it was so sad to see because... Alec Manoa was somebody who was on the in the dugout on the diamond just didn't look comfortable. Okay, on the mound didn't look comfortable. 
everywhere didn't look comfortable and he was stretching. He seemed like there was a guy that just had a lot of pressure that he just couldn't shake. And who knows what was the factor, but if I had to give an assumption, it's game tape, understanding where he's going to throw his pitches. And it's the analysts on the other team knowing the matchup against Manoa and players are able to time the hits. They're able to work his pitches, uh, able to drive up his pitch count early in the game, which can obviously cause fatigue. There's a lot of things that teams did right against Manoa, but there's a lot of things Manoa did wrong. And as a Blue Jays fan, you're hoping that this season is the beginning of something that is going to be a rebound season. And what has happened so far at this point is the first impression of this rebound season is not looking so hot. But again, it's day one of his rebound season per se, and it's still spring training. There's games that they've lost 14-3. The game against the Yankees was absolutely just not good. Juan Soto's looking pretty good. There's a guy speaking of midseason form and Really dislike seeing him in the pinstripes, especially with that lineup that the pinstripes is going to be featuring this season. The Alec Manoa, though, is I'm really pulling for Alec Manoa. There's somebody that you cannot not cheer for, especially even if it's a baseball fan or if you're a Toronto fan. Obviously, if you're a Boston fan, you may not cheer for him. But someone who wears his heart on his sleeve, he's competitive and he cares and he cares about winning and being successful. And last year was not what he wanted, nor what Blue Jays fans wanted. And you hope this year it could be a step in the right direction towards being that guy that he was when he was in all-star form. And obviously this start is concerning, but it's still early and you can still work on some mechanics. But here's the, here's the, here's the problem. Manoa has had these issues since last year, and now you're beginning the year with this taste, and hopefully that changes. By your next start, hopefully there's some changes. And some adjustments where you have a more positive start, you can build on some positive momentum going into each start and gain that confidence. And that's the thing. Manoa, he may seem like a guy who has swagger. He may seem like a guy who has that confidence to just deliver on the mound. But I think that's it. I think that's what's lacking is the confidence isn't there. And if it was there before, well, it's definitely not there anymore. And that's the thing that you have to focus on. And, well, people will argue you had one year to do it. You had a year where you had an off season. It doesn't define your career. People don't forget it. But people will remember if you're able to rebound. And right now, Manoa is not showing that he is on the rebound path. But let's pump the brakes. I'm not hitting the panic button or meaning to shit on Manoa in any which way. But there's a guy who obviously focused a lot in the off season on his own fit. He focused on trying to get better. His pitching's a little bit different. If you look at his form, it seems a little bit more powerful. It seems a bit more, um, has a bit more defined technique along with that power. But again, those are just some footages I saw for about 90 to 120 seconds. So, and then whatever was played and displayed on the mound in his first spring training game was what we saw. And I just feel like that confidence and delivery isn't there. And then once he has a bad hit against or runs, He's out of it. His mind is out of it. So number one, I think he plays in his own mind. Number two, he needs to have confidence. And those are two different things. And number three, go back to what was working. Channel out what's around you and focus on what's important. And that is pitching the ball in the right location at the right velocity. Now, is that easy for me to say? No, I'm not someone who's played in Major League Baseball. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a professional analyst in the world of baseball or scout. But it's obvious that 
the thing with Manoa that has bothered him the most is mental. It's not the physical shape. It's not his ability to pitch. We know that he can do that. But first, handling himself, which he should have done within the past year. But again, watching that spring training match, it seems like he was starting to get a little frustrated with himself. He didn't seem that comfortable. Once he's able to really lock down that comfort, he'll get back to what he was able to do, and that is being a good pitcher. But I think teams now know how Manoa pitches, so he needs to kind of change his delivery, not actually how he releases the ball, but in in terms of what he pitches and his pitch uh, sequence, uh, where he throws each pitch, maybe throw a fastball in an odd count just to throw off the hitters. Be that professor of the mound. Get back to what was working on top of that swagger with locating in the strike zone in those areas that is flirting, which is on the outside of the end zone or the end zone, the strike zone and the corners. Manoa, concerning start to start the year. As a Blue Jays fan, I'm not hitting the panic button just yet, but I'd be curious to know any Blue Jays fans points on what they feel about Alec Manoa and what maybe he can improve on going into this season because he's had a year to do it. And if Manoa isn't successful this year, there's going to be finger pointing. Well, his value was maybe potentially looked at in a trade. What would have been his value? Would it have been that high? I don't think it would have been that high as people think. But should they have traded him, right? The, then the typical media points are going to come out. I think you got to believe in Manoa, ride it out this year, and see how this season goes. But if this is a year where Manoa shows some failure and doesn't show a trend in the right direction, I think you have to start looking at other options. But again, he's still young. It's only a couple of years in. Do you really give up on someone? Maybe that's foolish for me to say. But if the improvement is not there, you have to shake something up for the betterment of his career maybe, but also for the organization. And I think it would be a catastrophe if Manoa walked away for nothing. But if he's going to be struggling, the organization may be forced their hands, um, especially when it comes time to keeping him around, deciding to keep him around or not. I went all over the place with Manoa there, but let me know what you think. I don't think there's anything to worry about again, and I mean again, just yet. But it's definitely concerning that he didn't have a good start to start off the year. It would have been nice to have him start the spring training with a bang. So question for you. Do you miss the NFL? Well, obviously in the pocket here on the Game Sports Podcast, one of our well-known segments, we've had it for near seven years, um, and it's been one of our first shows that we've ever done here on this podcast. And we used to do it, as you hear about on every show that we've done, it used to be on a cup, phone on a cup. And we used to record around a table. People are clanking beers, laughing, talking, had that vibe. And the editing that uh, had to be done for that to get rid of that, I apologize. Because <laughs> I can, I always, always used to say sorry to Scott because it was certainly something that, you know, was a challenge. But it had that atmosphere that everyone would have liked to have. And every time I do it in the pocket, it, it gets exciting. EJ, you don't know what you're going to get out of EJ each week. Uh, same with Justin. Obviously, us three are the, the cornerstones of that segment. And we've been talking football for many years. And the original founding people of, of in the pocket, if you want to look back, Myself, Jamie Antonello, Dustin Grand, and Justin Heichel. Those were for the four. And Jamie and Dustin have now taken more of a casual approach or um, lower involvement in the show. And uh, but you have, and also I can't forget Matt Primo. There was the five of us. My my sincerest apologies to Matt for forgetting him there. There was five people 
on that show. And now there's three and obviously the involvement of everyone, everyone's still involved with the show, but the, the people that you see are still Justin, myself and EJ, of course. And do I miss the NFL? I kind of do more than I ever have this year. And I always say, well, what is it? Because of the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift effect? Maybe it was on the front of each media every morning when you woke up and if you're on your way to work and you're listening to a podcast or you're at work, the podcast streaming in the background or talking about something on a podcast, you're talking about the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey saga, right? Uh, the Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey podcast. I don't mean to give free ads here, but New Heights podcast is fantastic. They're, I love their podcast, my favorite one. Uh, the world of football, I think this year took a big turn in terms of publicity and it was a good, it was good. It was a good taste. And despite how much I would have loved to see a new champion, like the bills win heck, even the Cowboys. I know a lot of people are going to hate that, but the NFL in general has taken a turn. And it's going to be a very exciting offseason, I think. Obviously, Kansas City released Scanley. Uh, there's been some movement already in the offseason. Coaches, the carousel goes around. Who knows what Bill Belichick uh, is going to do. But today, as of February 28th, Zach Wilson is able to seek a trade. And I wanted to get into some football news because that's why I asked. Do you miss NFL football? I do. I'm curious if you do. But so when I see news, I'm excited to talk about it. Even though Justin, EJ, or the crew of In the Pocket aren't here, I'm able to touch on it and kind of take the floor. And Zach Wilson, I think, there's someone who went second overall in the NFL draft. And it's just so much praise, right? And Johnny Manziel, late first-round pick, praise, had such a great college career. And it's so amazing how the NFL is almost so much different than other sports, but really it isn't. Look at Alexander Dagg. You know, everyone talks about how he was a bust of a first round, a first overall pick. But if you really think about it, the guy actually had a pretty de a decent career, one where people would love to have. But not to get off point, baseball draft. It's it's so it's so amazing to see the development and look where Tom Brady went in the draft and look where he is. He's the goat of the best of all time, the greatest of all time. I said the goat, so I'll stick to the greatest of all time as quarterbacks. Now you got Patrick Mahomes knocking on that door. So whenever I get the chance to talk about the NFL, especially when it comes to drafts a little bit and get into the analyst, uh, the, the analysis sorry, side of it, it's, it's great to see player development. And I am truly starting to believe that NFL players, when they get drafted, I think where they get drafted depend on fit and their development. Um, and the team's development with that player is what's going to make them successful. Like, would Patrick Mahomes be as good as he was or is if he started behind Aaron Rodgers? If he started behind Tom Brady and didn't get the amount of starts that he did, would he be as good as he is? Right? Travis Kelsey, obviously, would he be the same guy if he was behind someone like Gronkowski for a chunk of his career? Or, yeah, maybe he would be, right? Because you get developed by that, but you don't get those key moments to define yourself as a good player. You don't get those many of those, those catches, those throws that you would have gotten. So it's amazing in terms of drafting for fit. And it's, it's, I, that's where I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that I cheer for. If you're on video, you know the team in the jersey in the background there with my multiple other jerseys. It's I feel drafting is so imperative, but you got to draft the right fit. And you can draft a wide receiver in the fourth round, fifth round, and this is somebody who is just going to be absolutely unbelievable for you. But Zach Wilson, a second overall pick, doesn't work out. You know, you look at Fields. Is he going to be the guy? Are the Bears going to? draft a quarterback are they going to move what are they going to do 
it's so amazing when it comes to the NFL draft and player development. I think it's interesting in how players are developed. And I've, I think it comes to you have to get the luck of the draw to be drafted by the right team. If you're a team, for example, that has a quarterback, let's use Trevor Lawrence as an example. There's a guy who I think is going to be a very is, is a good quarterback, but even be better as the year goes on. If you're a wide receiver or you're a tight end that can catch the ball and has the potential of being a Gronkowski or a Kelsey or heck a prime Terrell Owens, love saying that name, then in Wills, um, and Lawrence has the ability to throw the ball to you and you have a good quarterback who's going to be throwing the ball to you. I mean, if you're going to be getting a lot of those catches and you already have that potential and you have the uh, you have the avenue from your coach to kind of take whatever direction you want and have that freedom to your development, I think that's imperative. But if you're a wide receiver who has that 12 Owens potential, but you're sitting in the four spot as a wide receiver for three years because you're on a stacked team, you're not getting to showcase your talent. You get that one opportunity in a game when you're cold and you better make the best of it. You don't get to see that player who they could have been. Right. So it's very important that you draft a player that is the right fit, especially if their potential to be high. And I feel like the Jets, when it comes to quarterbacks, it's just not working. Right. The drafts that they've done, Aaron Rodgers saying he gets hurt in the first game. Like you can't write this shit. You can't. And Zach Wilson, coming out of college, there's somebody that I thought was going to be great for the National Football League. But he has been, uh, to go to the point, he has been um, approved to, with his agent, to seek out trades. And I do think of a team as one fit for him. There's multiple teams you can go around, and and especially in a backup nature, if you want to look at backing up, backing up, not Mahomes, but if you want to back up, not even Purdy and San Fran, but if you want to maybe back up in Baltimore, or if you want to back up in Philadelphia, uh, or if you want to, yeah, maybe even back up in Buffalo or back up somewhere. Is the Pittsburgh Steelers an option? Because obviously you got Rudolph there. Is, is this is that just gonna be your one and done, or is, are you believing in Kenny Pickett, or do you give the chance to Wilson? Right? Would he thrive under a Tomlin system? So there's a lot of potential that people could take the chance on. But I think the team that should be looking at taking a chance on him is the Minnesota Vikings. Why not? Um, they got a good receiver in, just, in just, Justin Jefferson. And it's amazing because you can have somebody like Zach Wilson who has the potential to have a, be a good quarterback who could throw the football. And all of a sudden, if he's throwing the football to Justin Jefferson, uh, a guy who is imperative uh, to the to the Minnesota Vikings offense and uh, the, the best wide receiver in the game, it, it can really help Zach Wilson spread his wings. So out of my nine minute tangent, at least about the NFL and NFL draft and player development, it all led to that one point. Give Wilson the tool to really execute what he can do. And he had some he had weapons in Green, or in Green Bay. He had weapons in the Jets as well. But I think if you move him to the Vikings, you can really see what Wilson can do. Once he spreads his wings, gets the confidence, develops, then I think it's endless from there because I think he could be a good quarterback in this league, but he didn't get the chance to show it on the Jets, even though he had the opportunity to take the number one job. Again, comes down to environments, and I think there's a better environment out there for Zach Wilson, and it's with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, March Madness is around the corner, and in the next couple of weeks before, obviously March Madness is geared to start mid-March, Justin Heichel and E.J. Russell will be back and won't be an in-the-pocket segment unless we have some football news to talk about. We will do that. But they're going to come back and do some basketball news from the beginning, near the middle. It won't be every week. They'll be talking March Madness because there'll be games every day and change and relevant content. But when we get into the beginning of the tournament, some upsets, uh, some 
some of the final four and we get into the championship, we will be there to do a coverage uh, and give you our reaction about it and some of our feedback. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of podcasts and media companies that are going to be giving brackets and giving their predictions. Obviously, there's a lot of sports knowledge on the Game Sports podcast from different angles. And EJ and Justin, not only are they football and Justin being hockey and more knowledgeable sports, well-rounded individuals, they obviously have their passion in March Madness. And it's a very popular tournament to be involved in. So if you're new to March Madness, get involved in it this year. If you're not new and you're an expert, we're going to be giving you the full preview uh, once it comes closer. I am a Duke fan. So everyone's, uh, everyone is able to know out loud. I've been a Duke fan for my whole life. Obviously, Coach Gay has a good chunk to do with that, but the talent. Um, obviously, Redick is one of my favorite basketball players of all time, and he has a great podcast right now, too, speaking of podcasts. But R.J. Barrett playing there. We've had a lot of great players play, go through Duke, and it all came from the Coach K and the Redick kind of era is what got me attracted uh, to, uh, the Duke, to, to, the, to the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, but... March Madness, I want to give an early preview in terms of my favorites going into the tournament. And I think Duke is going to be competitive. But the favorites are Purdue, Arizona, um, Houston, and Marquette. Obviously, three of those four teams I mentioned are top seeds. Uh, but I think you can't count out Marquette. And I don't think you should count out Baylor either. I think just look at the team of what they can do on the court. Uh, there's a team that you should be thinking of to look at. So in terms of March Madness, getting very excited for it, you should as well. And the Game Sports Podcast will be there too give you feedback on that and preview. Now, final thought, I want to get into this topic about the GOAT athletes. Um, and with the GOAT athlete, it's been, well, a conversation for multiple sports. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, who's better, who's what, right? You can go to, obviously, um, you can look at baseball examples, right? When it comes to Babe Ruth, uh, when it comes to um, Mickey Mantle, and who's the who's the goat? Is who's the goat now? Is it Shohei Otani or is it Mike Trout? Is if you're looking at hockey, I'm going to pause that thought for a second. If you're looking at golf, right, Nicholas Woods, like there, there's so many options. The goat athlete the debate. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest GOAT of all time. People say how he's the greatest athlete of all time, and there was a TikTok account. Uh, the guy's name is Lawrence Johnson. Check him out. ESPN actually shared it, how he shared this amazing video that I thought was so well detailed. So I'll give him a little, let's get some, not a little, I'll give him credit for that as I talk about this because these are his points that are what I'm bringing out. So I don't want to take credit, but he brought, he, he allowed me to bring my own thoughts to the table. But I am going to be quoting him for the most part. And Lawrence Johnson mentioned how you can debate LeBron and MJ. You can debate these guys all day. you know. But if you go back to hockey, there is no comparison. There's not Wayne Gretzky and who. right? You can think Wayne Gretzky. There was a comment saying, well, Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. Yeah, if Lemieux was healthy, he probably would have been very close to Wayne Gretzky. But again, what if, right? What if Sidney Crosby played in the 80s? What if Connor McDavid played in the 80s? At that time and developed as a player in that time. How would we, What if Wayne Gretzky played now? We just say this. Always the what if. It doesn't matter about the what if. It happened. There's never a conversation about 
who's comparing to Gretzky? Is it McDavid? Is it Crosby? Is it Lemieux? Is it, it was obviously Gordie Howe was the greatest of all time, right? Where is Connor Bedard going to be the next Gretzky? Like, like no one is ever going to pass Wayne Gretzky. And Lawrence Johnson mentioned in his TikTok that whenever you talk about hockey, there's one goat. Football, Mahomes, Brady. I mentioned these other sports. Hockey, they're never saying that it's Gretzky and somebody else. I hear Gretzky and Lemieux, but I don't want to talk about Lemieux because of the what if could have. Yes, I agree. If you want to talk what if, I think Lemieux would have been very close to Wayne Gretzky in points. I think it would have been, that would have been the conversation. Gretzky, Lemieux, who's the GOAT? But it didn't happen that way. It didn't. So Gretzky is the standalone greatest of all time in hockey. And what's funny is that he has more assists than the second person has points. <laughs> he has the most goals of all time. Most assists of all time. Most points of all time. Wayne Gretzky is the standalone goat in hockey. There's no one to compare to him. There's nobody that's close to him in records. There is not going to be somebody that will catch up to him. Maybe in the year 4,024, if someone finds this clip 2,000 years from now and say, oh, that guy, David McGag, that said that nobody would catch Gretzky and somebody does, good for them. <laughs> Brady's records will be broken by then. Probably by Mahomes. <laughs> you, Michael Jordan's records will be broken by then. Wayne Gretzky's record will never be broken. He is the standalone GOAT. There is no Gretzky and. It's just Wayne Gretzky. He's the greatest GOAT of his sport, the greatest GOAT athlete. Not the greatest athlete. I still think that's Serena Williams, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, just to name a few. But Wayne Gretzky will never be touched. He'll never ever have to worry about being in a comparison of a conversation. And I'll give credit again, Lawrence Johnson on TikTok for bringing this topic up for me to share. Fantastic. Great stuff. Let me know what you think. Is there actually a Gretzky and somebody? And don't say Lemieux. I've already brought up that point. It's It would have been, yes, but we're not playing the what if. We're playing the actually happened game. There is nobody. It's Gretzky in the standalone conversation. That's it. This is Dave McKeg with the Game Sports Podcast. I went on a various amount of topics there, as I mentioned that I would. I'm definitely, well, we're at the 26-minute mark, so I'm about six minutes over what I wanted to do, which is not too bad. But we're going to take a breather because I know the next segment that we do aim for a certain amount of minutes, we're likely going to go 10, 15 minutes over that because that's what we get to do on pre-recorded segments. So to keep this edition as appropriate in length as I possibly can, uh, we're going to be taking a quick breather, and when we come back, we are going to have our, well, top shelf segment, if you will, but Dane Hantro and Alex Parr will be joining yours truly to discuss the world of hockey. There's a lot of topics that the boys are planning to bring up, and to be honest, I'm not in the loop of what this agenda is. i am got an idea, but... There's a lot of great things coming that we are going to talk about, including the 1985 NHL redraft and the Would You Rather segment. But 
Until we get to that, we need a quick breather. I need to take a sip of a drink before I can continue to talk again. So while you're waiting for us to come back here on the Game Sports Podcast, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever audio or video platform you're on listening to us, which we appreciate. Simple like, follow, subscribe, or comment interaction goes a long way. So enough of me. Let's take that breather, as I said that we would. And when we come back, Dan and Alex will be with me. And welcome back to the Game Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David McCaig Jr., continuing to host you on this episode of the Game Sports Podcast. I am now joined by Dane Hantro and Alex Parr. Alex, going to you first. How's it going, pal? How's life? The Leafs have finally lost their winning streak, so cancel the parade. I've been taking down the flyers and the banners and all of those things, so it's been pretty rough over here. Oh, it's challenging. And I'm sure Ottawa, where you're based out of, I'm sure the fans in Ottawa are so upset that the the Leafs winning streak has come to an end, though, right? <laughs> I mean, they don't really have a leg to stand on. They kind of know how bad they are. They just had their first period in franchise history without getting a shot on goal. So, I mean, who are they to say anything? Yikes. Ottawa <laughs> fans, get it going. Interact at us. We love it. Maybe you should teach someone how to do a slap shot on open net as well. Dane Hantro, my friend, Daner. Daner McDaner. No, Connor McDaner. Is that what we call him? I forget. Nonetheless, Dane Hantro, my friend. How's it going? Just happy to be inside. It sucks outside today. <laughs> Not a big fan. Um, other than that, just hanging out with the pooch and uh, getting ready for uh, St. Louis tonight. Uh, Got a bet with a buddy, so $50 on the line uh, for, for tonight's game. The the bet is more than just tonight's game, but I'm not going to go through all that, uh, the lead up to it. But, uh, Probably includes the Oilers winning the cup, and that's a lock already. So it really only depends lock. on tonight. Lock. Mm-hmm. Ghost, how's little ghost doing? Let's ask that question first. She's having a nap. She's having a nap. Is she bigger since I saw her last week? Already, I said like I was telling a couple of people like a few days ago. I like picked her up in the morning, and I like said I was like, "You've got bigger." So Shit. yes, she has. Uh, she gained. She's gained about like three, two, three pounds since I've had her. So got up on the scale uh, yesterday. That's by a blink of an eye, it changes. I'll <laughs> tell you that much. First, Daner, I I mentioned this briefly at the beginning of my opener, but it would make sense for me to mention this with you here. Uh, today marks, and we're not going to dive into too, um, obviously, conversation about this, but it marks the 14th anniversary of close friend of mine, a Dane, of mine and Dane's, uh, Matt Howard, who suddenly passed 14 years ago. So unbelievable it's been 14 years. And on this day is actually the day, of course, Sidney Crosby got the gold medal goal. So it's a very significant day in terms of if you're a hockey fan, but also with me and Dane be because of that hockey history, but it was bittersweet because of what happened just that morning, right? Very late in the evening. So obviously we uh, want to um, dedicate this segment to our uh, good friend, who, uh, Matt Howard, uh, who suddenly passed away uh, 14 years ago. It says today marks the 14th anniversary. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that with you on air, Dane. It wouldn't be fair with me just talking about it um, at the opener. And it's, unbelievable that whole stuff that went on there and it was a very pivotal part of our lives and obviously it's still memorable for us to this day matt was a detroit red wings fan uh he was also a Bengals fan uh so there was uh somebody as a wings fan that had we had no leverage to chirp about the Bengals at the time we did have a lot of leverage to chirp about but uh and i'm forgetting who his basketball team was uh so i know he liked lebron james that's how long it's been since i remember but 
to to Matt, we want to dedicate this to him and uh, obviously to his mother, Pat, who we've uh, maintained contact with. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that with Dane on air also. So I've already mentioned what the agenda is going to be on the show at the opener, uh, very opener, courtesy of Alex Parr's advice. I'll be honest, Alex Parr's advice, what I do at the intro there. So Parr, thank you for that. It saves a lot of time in our introduction, which we always got a lot of flack for because just like now, veering off into, into multiple topics. But tonight's a, a show, like I mentioned at the beginning, with our considered top shelf segment. We like to consider this in-house as our top shelf segment, but we try not to mention that too much because we don't want to confuse listeners. But I actually have usually an idea about where we're going to talk about this, but we wanted to keep this open-ended. I, I wanted to allow Alex and Dane to bring topics that are hot of nature into this segment, but we are going to be talking about our 1985 NHL redraft. And I do have a would you rather segment. Okay. There is still a would you rather segment that's come a little bit fun uh, to do. And we will get to that more of the conclusion. So I want to go first. And I think Paro will agree with this. I want to go first to Dane as he has the first topic in store for us, unless Alex, you wanted to go first and I should go to Dane second. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, Dane, how are you feeling? Are you feeling ready? Cause I got a pretty cool one. Okay. Go to, okay. Alex first, Dane second. Fine. Alex, take it away. My light just fell that you can't tell. <laughs> it's okay. That's Dane, go ahead. You're up, bud. All right. <laughs> well, uh, so we're going to go. Um, obviously the hard trophy race is pretty tight right now. We got Cooch, we got McDavid, we got Matthews. Who's going to win? That's not my question. Question is, what's more impressive, 100 assists in a season or 70 goals in a season, which uh, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are both on pace for. I'll give you guys a couple stats here. Uh, only three players in the history of the NHL um, have got 100 assists in a season. Um, quickly, if you can name them, they're arguably the three best hockey players that have ever played the game. To Gretzky give you a hint. Or. Gretzky or and... And Lemieux. Correct. Uh, right. So... 70 goals, um, eight different players have done it, and the feed has been done um, more times than assists mm -hmm. also uh, collectively through the players. So in a sense, 100 assists, it's at least more rare, but is it more impressive? And if uh, both do eclipse uh, that feat, um, who do you think it kind of weighs towards for MVP for the season? As both are, you know, as usual, kind of carrying their teams. Um, I mean, obviously, good supporting cast on both Luis and Oilers, but still. The boys that are spearheading, uh, you know, hopefully the ride to the cup finals. Wow. You know what? I'm actually before I'll let Par go first, but I'm going to say thank you for giving that stat because it gave me a little bit more of a second to want to think because I didn't have that stat prepared to just to, to give an answer. But Par, you can go first. I'm, I'm still I'm on the fence still. I want to think for a second. So I want you to go first. Easy goals. More important. Harder to get. You don't, you don't get two goals for every goal. You can have two assists on every goal. Easy peasy. So easy to say. But the fact that we're even talking about Matthews and 70 goals in the same conversation, I think we're jumping the gun big, big time. I don't – that's – I don't know. Nothing good happens to the to Leafs land, so I wouldn't be uh, counting, my, counting my chicks before they hatch. For McDavid, though, 100 assists? I mean, it seems like that's all he wants to do right now, and he's doing – I mean, like 23 assists and, like, a game or Last something like games. yeah something crazy like that wild i think goals would be more impressive but i think mcdavid's gonna do it as opposed to matthews who i don't know i don't know i don't want to be too enthusiastic towards it 
I genuinely think if like Connor McDavid really just focused, especially last year, just even shooting the puck more. Yeah. Like, I think 70 goals would have, I mean, been very in the pot, like realm of possibility. So both players have it in them to do it. But again, assist, 100 assists in a year. I'm kind of surprised by that stat that there was only. Right? Players that and, that's, and that's why I'm so, I was low. I know parts is easy, easy peasy, breezy, beautiful cover girl type answer. Uh, but. It's, it. I find in today's in today's game that this the game is defined by finesse, speed. Uh, it's evolved. It's different, right? From what I can remember, getting taught when I was younger. My 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 cousins that were older than me that played uh, slightly older than me, even parents' generation game has evolved in so many directions. And the the famous question that I always get asked is if Gretzky would do the same what he did then and he would now. And I'll answer that no. I really don't think he would have. I think he would have been like a McDavid, maybe better. Um, but it's different times. It's hard to say what if, but I'll bring up a little stat that this made me think of a little bit later. But to answer your question, I think when it comes to scoring goals, it is a lot more challenging today. Uh, there's a lot more, like Parb up a good point there. Goaltending is, uh, the training's off the charts. Vision is there. Um, poise, vision, being able to battle and see the puck if you're a good goalie, a carry price caliber type thing. Uh, but I'll have to say, ultimately, that I'm going to have to side with 100 assists as much Holy, as... Holy, we got I'd there. Speak. We got there. 100 assists. Okay. 100, 100 assists. Stretching, stretching. I had to stretch a little bit, but I want to There's say. stretching in a yoga class. I had to say 100 assists because of what Dane said as a stat. If Dane didn't tell me that stat, I think I would have went with the goals. But it's impressive. That stat's great, Dane. So thanks for sharing that. But 100 assists, it's, it's great. I'd be interested to know what the primary assist count is on that, but I'll have to side with 100 assists. I think I think like you know you look at McDavid and how many like open nets he set the guys up for like just ridiculous passes that you, in some sense you almost think that for my opinion it's more impressive but scoring seventy goals isn't an easy. You've got that. the guy's jersey behind you. I think you're biased. Yeah, I know. Yeah. As as I pick goals, as my Austin Matthews jersey's drying over there, so. Well, as I pick assists, and I got a David McCaig Leaf jersey behind me, which is absolutely fake. Okay, so if you guys want to speak jerseys, okay, because I never played there. Okay, I did play there and be a promo in NHL. All right, that, mm. that's how far I got there. Anyways, all right, okay, we're gonna move yeah. on. Uh, so, uh, in, in right now in Nashville, we got a bit of a goalie controversy potentially brewing. Um, Askarov since the New Year's thirteen and zero. Has uh, 940 save percentage. Hold on. And who praised Askarov? I did. And five shutouts in that time. So the guy's clearly ready to come up to the show. Sign me. My question is, is not which one they're going to trade, but when they should trade one of them, whether it's at the trade deadline or the draft. And also, who do you think has more value right now between those two? Askarov being, I'm pretty sure, a top 10 pick. I think he was 10. So, I mean, he he's, he is kind of supposed to be the next thing. So, I mean, how much do you you know value goalie prospects? They don't get drafted very high. He's kind of the exception over the last couple of years. So, and, and yeah, just kind of maybe what you think, uh, you know, the asking price for, for uh, UC Soros that still has two years on his deal at a very friendly price, but also Nashville being in a playoff spot right now. That, so, they're in a weird spot, Nashville. 
I'll. Do you want me to go first there, Dave? I saw you going going for it. I was just breathing. You go. Uh, you don't trade UC Saros right now. The team's already said that they're not going to do it as long as they are in a playoff spot. This team, at any point though, could completely fall off the wagon. Completely, box bottom falls out from underneath it, and it's at that point where you realize I probably don't need to hang on to a franchise goaltender to be mediocre at best, and you commit fully to the retool or even a complete full rebuild, you bring Askarov on in a 1A, 1B situation, and you try to get as much assets as you can for Soros because you know there are teams out there who desperately need a goalie more than anything. That, I would think, would come at the draft, or if they if they make the playoffs this year and they're confident that they can do it again next year, maybe you wait till the trade deadline next year to see how the team's doing then. But you don't do that trade right now. Proven, proven, a proven goalie is hard to come by, especially in today's era. You don't goaltending is not as dominant as it once was, I believe. Contract for Soros, two years left at, at a very friendly five million dollars for what he provides on the ice, and Askarov has an entry level deal that's currently and uh, is being active. And after that, um, after that deal expires, he's an RFA, so you still be, are able to hold on to his rights unless he holds off on you and for one year and doesn't play and goes into free agency. Like who knows if that will happen? So in terms of value, Dane, of you of answering that question. This may sound crazy, but I think the value is more equal than people think, but on a different scale. you got a franchise goalie who's proven, then you got a goaltender with unlimited upside who has a very cap-friendly deal where you can build a team around defensively and still bring in players while he's still on an entry-level deal. But if I had to be a GM, I would look at UC Saros to bring in first because of that proven ability. That is something if I'm Toronto, if I'm Edmonton, if I'm, uh, I'll say Detroit, I, I don't know. I'm just shooting. I'm shooting names out there for teams. I'm, I'm not saying Detroit's looking. I'm not saying Toronto and Edmonton are. I'm sure they can use it. I can't believe uh, you haven't said the Devils. They are like the team yeah. that needs a goalie. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I'll throw it out there. Like I, I think like if you're the Devils, you're desperate and you want one of those guys. And if you're Nashville, I think like you don't make a deal unless it involves Luke Hughes team that's always been known for stud defensemen on their team. Somebody else there that you're forgetting, Simon Nemich. The guy is a top stud too, just like Luke Hughes. Oh, I mean, I, either, yeah, either or. Either or. That, that's where the conversation starts. They won't touch Hughes because of Jack. People will think that doesn't matter. It does. Jack and Luke will stay together. That That's the way it is. But very yeah, good but point. If you're New Jersey, it's which one you like more, right? Like, yeah. I don't think you care that it's Jack's good brother. Point. I think you look at which one do you think will be better. Value. Especially if it's like we'll take either or, and that's and I, I t- just to say like if I'm trying to make a trade for right now it's UC Saros, but if I'm a team with a young core that I know will be around for a bit, I might be looking at Askarov because I feel like there's a young goalie that can work around this young core and build around and be around for the future. So it's a very tough thing to say, but if I depending on the team, but if I had to leave somewhere it's Saros, right? Because it's hard to get someone who's proven and he's been molded by Pekka Rene and the goaltending in Nashville has always been spectacular. Just like in on defense, we had Weber, you have Yossi, the list goes on. Now, so much can happen. You could say all these what-if scenarios about Yossi maybe in a deal with Saros somewhere. I read this absolutely absurd trade. What people don't think is absurd, but I'll say it. I'm not saying I think it's true. Marner to Nashville for Saros and Yossi. As a, not, that's not straight up. That's That's... 
that's the nucle- nucleus of a trade that would involve more pieces. Would you do that if you're Toronto? Would you do that if you're Nashville? I'm not answering that question because I think it's absurd either way. But that's the type of is would that be a type of move that Nashville would consider? I don't think so because they're I don't think they're on a rebuild. I think they're on a more of a retool and try to reshape. That's a especially after you give a contract like you have to Ryan O'Reilly. I feel like you're trying to lock up a top six guy. You have some Philip Forsberg there long term. I think you're trying to still be competitive, right? So, but UC Soros must be, it's going to bring in more value for you now, but I think teams should be looking at Askarov. I'm a big fan of Askarov. Always have been. All right. Okay. Next, we're going to do, uh, we're going to finally dive into, well, my team Canada, and then you guys can grill me mm-hmm. on uh, what you guys think. So I'll just go like, my lines aren't like, like they're kind of set, but like, don't read too much into that. So I'll just read from top to bottom. I got 13 forwards, eight defensemen, three goalies is how I'm doing it. A couple mm-hmm. extras there. So my top line is Zach, Zach Hyman. Hyman. Yep. Zach Hyman. Guys mm-hmm. who scored 50 this year. He's, he's the, the favorite guy. He he's the Chris the Kunitz. He's, get, he's getting the free yeah. ride on the team. And do we think lock or not? Lock. Absolutely. Lock. I think he's a lock. Yep. Yep. All right. The next guy, lock. Moonag. Yeah. Next. Uh, Mitchie Mana. On the, uh, on the right side. Uh, okay, second line. Stammer, Nate no. Dog, and Braden no. Point. Stammer's going to be too old. Won't be on the team. Sorry, buddy. We're not giving right. we're not giving out free handouts just because you broke your leg and missed a couple because of the pandemic and whatnot. We cut you in 2010. We're doing it again in 2024 or 2026 or whenever it is. Smell you, bud. Nate Dog and Point, though. Locks. Locks. Okay. Uh, third line, Marshawn, said and Bedard. Marshawn, maybe he's getting pretty old too. Well, we're not talking like the, the Olympics is like 10 years from now. Like it's, 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 it's coming. Marshawn's like 34 years old. Yeah. Crosby's going to be like 39 years old. Yeah. Marshawn will be 37. Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, athletes these days have that longevity in them. Sure. But. Yeah, I don't lock is what we're saying. Lock or not? Well, I'm, I'm not saying, saying lock. I mean, Sid, Sid and Bedard are locks. Yeah, Sid and Bedard are locks. Already talking yeah. about him being captain again. He's a he's a fucking lock. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, fourth line: Sam Reinhart, mm-hmm. Barzell, Mark Stone. I don't agree Mark, with Stone as a lock, but Barzell and Reinhart, I think, are. If locks. Stone could stay healthy, he's a lock. Dude, oh, he is healthy. He is healthy. healthy. Oh, shut up. No, he's, he's not. fucking healthy. He's fine. He's just fucking taking a vacay to the to the Bahamas right now with a pina colada in his right hand. I'll get it. Never mind. Keep going, Dan. Keep going. That's another comment. And then I got Nuge as the 13th forward. Um, I just think that ability to play with McDavid and Hyman, which is a line all the time. And he's also a great two-way player. So if you plug him in with Barzell, and Stone, you got three really good two-way players that also have some really good offensive talent too. And I think that's your. I mean, you you want to have a little bit of a balance throughout your lineup. Obviously, every player is highly skilled, but I think you when you go down to your you know last couple guys, maybe you know not going for a Huberto or somebody like that. I mean, Huberto's kind of played his way off the team where he I would say obviously two years ago, lock right so. Okay, we'll go down. I'll have to disagree with Nuge. I'll just see Robert Thomas. I think. Yeah, I like maybe, maybe not, but yeah, I, mean, yeah. I can see it. Points last year. 
And he's going to yeah. average. He's averaging a point per game this year. So. Yeah, but there's I probably mean, not going to be as many power plays for him to be a complete merchant on. So, and I mean, if even if he's not, that's there. not why he's on the team. He's not going to play on the power play. But anyways, we'll move on. Uh, my defenseman, Makar and Taze. Easy. Play together. I think lock and lock. Lock. Um, I got Theodore and Petrangelo. They just won the Stanley Cup. Lock. I mean, Patrick Angler is also getting up there in age, but he'd be the only defenseman, I think, returning from the last uh, big international tournament um, for Team Canada. So I think he's on the team. I think the way Noah Dobson's been playing yeah. um, this season, I think he has to be on the team. He just keeps getting better and better. Uh, this is kind of where it gets a little tough. Aaron Eckblad, I think when the guy's playing, he's unbelievable. Um, I it's unfortunate that he played with, you know, 14 broken bones in the cup final last year and all that. But I do have that glad on the team. Um, and then my last two, um, I got uh, Mackenzie Weger. And then I was very much debating between Morgan Riley and Darnell Nurse, but I'll give Morgan Riley the nod. Um, well, so, either of those guys should be on there, but I can't believe that's what I, it came I, down to. I think Nurse would just be there like, if you're playing on the big ice, like Olympic size ice, like he just let's get guys a, that can't skate that well. Skating pedigree, but anyways, see. So key, I, is there is there any guys that I don't have on the list that you that you think you yeah. add in on the deep back end? I agree with Morgan, of course, being there, but that might be a slight bias. I've always been. I, I'm a fan of Morgan Riley. I just feel like what he's done. But guys that I feel like could be added as notables, not saying even added, but three notables actually. Um, you're I'm, uh, you're gonna think it's wild on one of them. Dave. I think you're gonna agree. One of the three is Evan Bouchard. The other one is Thomas Shabbat. The other one is Josh Morrissey. Those yeah, Josh Morrissey. Uh, I did have Chikrin at the beginning of the year. I would have had Chikrin on there, but I don't know. I don't now, think Shabbat. I don't think Shabbat has a chance. No, like Chikrin. I think right now. this year, but we don't you know. Just don't know you need play. Bouchard when you have Kale McCarr. Ah. Uh. That's I mean, the thing. Like he, like I mean, his defensive games got better, but I just it, and uh, Dave, just so you know, Jake Chikrin is uh, not Canadian. He's dual citizenship. He's American. it would be it would be wild if they did have Bouchard, Nuge, Hyman, and McDavid, which is you know four to five the best power play that's ever lived, and then you just put Nate Dog somewhere for the one T and let let him rip. So. We'll see. And then here come down to the goalies, which I don't think there's any goalie uh, that's Canadian. That's a lock for the team. But this is what I got. I got Aiden Hill, yep. uh, Skinner, and Bennington. Bennington, big game player. Yep. Plays well in the playoffs. I mean, he's up and down sometimes. But if he's having a good season, I think he makes the squad. It's just and so Aiden hard. Can... It's just so hard two years away. Like, a lot rides on who's hot playing that season. Yeah. Like, all these bubble guys. Like, it's just going to depend on... If one of them gets really hot, then you're going to take them. Like, we're sitting here two years out. We have no idea. I mean, like, a guy like Adam Fantilli could very well sure. make this team on the, like, right? With, and like, there's probably in two years. There's probably a goalie in the NHL right now who are like, there's no chance. But goalies are weird, man. Like, there could just be, it could just be, I don't know. Who's the most random backup you could think of right now? Calvin Pickard. Maybe he just goes on a run. We don't it's know. Like 30. <laughs> like, 
Oh, oh, we're saying Marshawn. We're saying Marshawn's a lock at 35. I'm just saying goalies are weird, and you never know when one can just go on a run. Andrew Hammond won like 17 games in a row, and then I never heard of him again. But he's going to enjoy his lifetime McDonald's. We don't know. What about Sam Montembeau? Sam Montembeau is another guy that I think could be on the team for sure too. Tristan Jari. I mean, he's Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper. There's we lots know of who, guys, but we, there's no we know big who, front runner. We know who would have been, but we're not going to discuss that. Yeah, which Carter is, Hart. Carter yeah, Hart. Yeah, we know who would have been the number one, but that's no. Number uh, one? I, I, well, in there. Aiden he's Hill. Top, three, Aiden he's Hill. top three. But nonetheless, I actually have doubts Aiden Hill in the next, because we're talking future, but as a lock now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm curious about Logan Thompson's development, because I think eventually if you have Aiden Hill locked up, Logan Thompson's going to have his way to go to another team and be a number one goalie. I think that's one of those guys that might pull away if he actually is as good as he's been playing on Vegas, and he does that on another team. There's a guy who could be a lock as the number one guy uh, in, in, in uh, the Olympic team. Same as Samuel Montembeau. If he leaves Montreal and goes to a team, just somehow just click, click, booms, right? And solidifies a number one position and is able to move on uh, to be a number one guy like Aiden Hill has been for the past year. Because last year, would you have had Aiden Hill on this team at the beginning of last year before you won a couple of Vegas? Would you have? No, nobody have. If, any, if anyone would have told me Aiden Hill would have been on this team last year, I want you to come on this pod and tell me because nobody did. You're a liar. You're bullshitting because he was on nobody's radar. So anything could happen. But guys that I think will stay consistent – is Jari and Logan Thompson. And Logan Thompson's story is pretty fucking badass. The guy played at Brock. He worked his ass off and worked his way up. Aiden Hill's contract defines that Vegas is believing in Aiden Hill for the future. There's a trade part for Logan Thompson right there. One day, in my prediction, Logan Thompson will move on and become a number one guy. And if he can take it away, he'll be the number one guy for Canada. So I believe in Logan Thompson. And Logan I think State Jari there. was a good one. And Stuart Skinner, man, yeah. I'm behind it. If that guy doesn't play like he did at the beginning of this year and plays like he is now, fuck yeah. That's a that's a guy you got to consider. Well, that's it for me for my uh, my segments, boys. What do you got, Park? Well, we were going to keep it to aim for 20, ended at 30, and we're already at 25, and we're nowhere near the end. Um, 22, I just want to make a quick point. I think the PWHL might have the best rules of any hockey league uh, they just changed the playoff format format halfway through the year. And as soon as I saw that, I said, that's Bush League. But the top four teams in the regular season are going to make the postseason. If you're the number one seed, you can pick out of three and four who you want to play. And if that's not going to light a fire under whoever gets picked, it's, oh, man, like the storylines that could come from that. And then to keep it competitive for people that aren't in the playoffs, the second you get eliminated, all of your points count now towards having the first pick. So you want to keep winning. Sure, you're eliminated first, but that gives you more games than the other teams to win and get points, the first overall pick. How cool is that? That is so nice. So you don't have to, like, everybody's been sending the pictures around of the Leafs lineup when they drafted Matthews. None of that. You want to stay competitive now. So this gives incentive to every team along with the shorthanded goal rule in the PWHL and so many things, I think that league is doing so many things right. I'm trying my absolute hardest to get out to uh, an Ottawa game, and I will have to say that I will be cheering for an Ottawa hockey team and that they are my team. But that was it. I just wanted to quickly touch on that. But now I wanted to test who is the better fan of their team. I want to do this a little bit more regularly, so this isn't going to be too, too hard. 
But first off, I got a question for both of you. Can you name, in order from most recent to least recent, the captains of your respective favorite teams, not including the current captain? No John Tavares, no Connor McDavid. Dave, you look real oh, smug. Like, that's hard because we've had, like, a lot of teams. I know. <laughs> so those won't count. We're not talking about years that have had no captains. I saw Dave with a very confident smile. Dave, do you think you can do so, it? Before Tavares, right? So you want me yeah. to name, how many do you want me to name? I want you to name five in reverse order from most recent to least recent. Most recent to least recent. So before Tavares. So before yeah. Tavares, you got Dion Phaneuf. Yeah. You got Matt Sundin. Yes. Um, I want to say you got Dougie G, Wendell you do. Clark. Yeah. Dougie G, Wendell Clark, and then I think it was Sittler. Incorrect. Dane, would you like a chance now to see if you are a better fan of your team than Dave is of his team? Who was it? I don't know if we're going to do well on this. I'm going to McDavid. No, I'm uh, not counting McDavid. So starting next, but yes. You so five more McDavid. from that. Andrew Ference? Yes. Ooh. Uh, Sean Horkoff? Yes. Um, oh, why did I just forget one? It is Ryan Smith? Incorrect. But now I will give you both a chance to try to steal the other person's point. Dane, can you name who the captain of the Leafs was for Wendell Clark? Well, I mean, before Wendell Clark, sorry. I'd rather have another guess at mine. You do not get that. You do not get that. And both of you guys are going to be labeled as fake fans. Fake fans. <laughs> Think. Are you going? You're going first, Dan, right? Dan's yeah, got a chance to steal yours. You've got a chance to steal Dan's. And I don't I think either one of you. Doug Gilmore. No, that was already said. No, wrong. I couldn't, I couldn't remember what he said. <laughs> Alrighty, Dave. Who comes after Andrew Ference, Sean Horkoff? Who is next for Edmonton Oilers captains? Uh, I need a second. Andrew, I know who it is. Um, oh, it's a it's not a no name, but it's somebody. He went to the he went. I don't know if he went on to the Cup Finals that year. And I want to guess is it? No, is it Ethan Morrow? Um, Ethan Morrow. Ethan Morrow is correct. Oh, Who's before good. that? <laughs> Who's before that, Dave? You got to get to the five. Oh. Uh, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I'll give that, you a hint. It's a defenseman. That must have been right. It, 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 it's a defenseman. Was it Pronger? Did you look it up already, Dan? No, I, 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 no, I know who it is. It's the uh, captain that we had when we went to the final. Oh, Hold it's on. not right. Um, um, <laughs> I said it out loud because I thought of Smith. Jason Smith. It was Jason Smith. After it, Ethan it, Moore. Now, That's can it. you name the one before him to be a fake true fan to steal the point one uh, more uh not uh, messier oh it was doug wait you guys are both oh, fake fans. you want to let me say it i thought i was waiting you guys are both fake fans so i'm gonna keep this coming i'm gonna have a question for dave about the leafs and dane about the oilers to see who is a more true fan for this week I swear to God, Ryan Smith was like the captain for like a. I just got four to five on the Leafs and four to five on the Oilers. I'm not even an Oilers fan. That's pretty fucking good. I'll take. I'm using elite prospects, Edmonton Oilers team captaincy history, and the same with the Leafs. 
That's all I got. I mean, do we well, want to hop? Do we want to hop into the draft now? Yes, yes. Uh, I'll say I'll I'll uh, dive into that. We got the the draft. I I want to mention one point. You guys don't have to give uh, any feedback on it. I want to spend thirty seconds on it. and I'll time myself on it. Par already touched on this when it came to Jordan Tutu. Uh, it was a very good clip that we uploaded. Very good feedback. So check that out. But the LTIR is a scam. Vegas is using the rules to their benefit. It is what it is. There's no foul play against it. They're allowed to do it. Uh, do I think Mark Stone's actually hurt? Sure. But it's how convenient that him and Eichel get hurt right before the deadline or before the playoffs, and then they're able to... Uh, Eichel's coming back this week. Up. That's fine. I still think there's needs to be review of the LTIR in general, and I think it should all count for the season as well going into the playoffs. But if the 30 seconds. If they use it to their example, if they use it to their advantage, I'm sure I wouldn't be complaining, nor would Dane, if it was the Oilers. But let us know what you think of the LTIR. And check out Parr's previous video. Um, sure, let's do the redraft, then I'll do the would you rather before I conclude. Uh, so, you missed last week, Parr, but we did the 1984 NHL redraft last week. Uh, this choice is- at number one, for sure. There, there. It was a very good, very good feedback that's been getting on our social media. So I want to remind you that the Game Sports Podcast is on Facebook, Instagram, and of course TikTok at the Game Sports Podcast. We love the viewers coming in. We like the interaction. We love the likes. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, seventy percent of you who are listening to the videos, checking them out, and over eighty-five percent of you are not following. So make sure you do that. But we love the interaction and the views on it. So we're gonna keep on bringing it to you. But the nineteen eighty-four draft, we. It was a great draft. It was Heichel's first draft. Justin Heichel, one of our obviously contributors here on the game, and he he struggled. He didn't understand the rules at first. So just to give you what the rules are, a reminder is that myself and whomever's on the show with me, usually it's Dane and Alex for this segment and for this segment in general, we draft the top five of that draft knowing what we know today. It could be points. It could be wins. It, what shutouts. It could be whatever. In our opinion, we draft the top five of that draft. So this year and at this time, we're going back in our DeLorean. I love saying this every time we're going to have our 1980s shirts on and suits. Our mullets are just down and flowing. And we're going to be going back in time to be the GM of five teams in 1985. And we're going to be redrafting the NHL draft in 1985. And because Parr missed last week, he gets to go first. Easy. I love doing this because I've never seen any of these people play. So if you want to come for me for bad opinions, I don't know if they're bad. I don't know if they're good. Uh, I'm going to do my typical start at five, go up to one. Number five, I didn't write his first name. Don't remember what it is, but he had the second most points in the draft. All in, maybe, maybe Rasmus's dad felt incorrectly. Number four, sorry, Leafs fans, Wendell Clark, my four spot. Uh, I got Igor Larionov at three. Stanley Cup champion, silver medalist, Mike Richter at number two. Easy. You win a cup? You know how much that boosts you for me? In my eyes, so high, but not higher than number one pick. I'm sure it's consensus. Joe Newendike. Love it. Okay. Dane, you got to go second. Uh, the only difference that I really got is I just got Sean Burke at five. Good longevity. Played forever. Wendell. Number four, Mike Richter was arguably the best American goaltender for a time uh, during his heyday. Uh, number two, Igor Larionov, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, number one, Joe Newendike. Uh, yeah, I would say probably one of the weaker drafts uh, that we've redraft uh, 
since our 1980 draft to start it all off. I will say right from the top, and I'm going to go. I went last week from five and up, and I'm going to do that again this week. I'm taking it from Parr's book. Uh, with the fifth overall pick, the Hartford Whalers are proud to select Sean Burke. With the fourth overall pick, the Vancouver Canucks are proud to select Kelly Buckberger. With the third overall pick, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select Mike Richter. Who the hell is uh, Kelly Buckberger? <laughs> with the second overall pick, the Pittsburgh Penguins are allowed to are, are are proud to select Wendell Clark. And with the first overall pick, the Toronto Maple Leafs are proud to select Joe Newendijk. Uh, that is that is my picks for the draft. Please at us below to comment what you think you would have picked. It's definitely a wide open draft, especially I think from two down. Uh, I guess I disagree with Parr mentioning Wendell Clark being fourth. Uh, Bain did too. That, yeah, there was. I guess I'm not alone in that belt. So let us know what you think. You win. I guess. Yeah. A bunch of people and scored a couple goals. I guess I just like the way he was as a player. Maybe I should take that out of there. Maybe try to avoid that. But Mike Richter, uh, Newendike, Newendike, a lot of, lot of. There's a cup winner, right, Calgary? So, a lot of players you can choose from, and it's more of an open draft. So let us know what you think. Now to finish it all off, the Would You Rather segment. Now the last few weeks when I've been doing this segment, I've been talking about players, right? Talk about LeBron, Serena. Um, I mean, I, I think obviously last week I talked about the comparison of uh, going against Travis Kelsey. Uh, so like it, it's it comes down to players and people I've mentioned, but I have a different approach to it this week. And we can go anywhere with would you rather. That's why it's so fun. Would you rather watch the big game? And I'm not mentioning what game it is. Does not matter. The big game. You can think about in your head what that game is. At That's home what... or live at a stadium. And when you're live in that stadium, you're not front row. You're not front row. You're in the very you're you're at the beginning of the 200 level or at the very back of that 100 level. There's still good seats. Okay, there's still good seats, but would you rather watch it at home or would you rather watch it live at a stadium? The big game. The winner of that game, your team can win the Cup, could win the World Series, could win the Super Bowl, whatever it is. Big game. Where and what are you doing? Why the Well, yeah, I see as Dane walks off set, no big deal. Um, This seems like, the easiest question I've ever answered in my life. Of course, I want to be there. I'm a. <clears throat> oh, oh <laughs> that's it. So he's I watching it. Walk away and go take a pee inside. So <laughs> I got a hold there, and then we're gonna go out after we're done here. Okay, well, just just so Dane doesn't get peed on. Uh, I want to be there. I'm a sucker for a good atmosphere, regardless of what it is. A concert. I don't know. A, a Sioux Fair. You know, a, a little. Uh, Campbell Amusements. I'm da- I'm a sucker for a good atmosphere. So if you're telling me it's Game Seven and the Leafs are in it for the Stanley Cup, uh, yeah, why the hell would I want to be at home? Fair enough. Do I have Dane. to pay for it though? Is that like a thing? If it's factoring in money, then my ass is right on that couch. Go team. Uh, now nah, I'll just go by personal experience, but we'll we'll keep money out of it because definitely money would affect it for sure. But Dane. Yeah, live. I mean, if it's the Oilers Stanley Cup final, yeah, live. I don't care if I'm the top of the nosebleeds. If it's like the big house, like night game in December, it's. I'm not gonna lie, like it's great, but it, it's 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 uncomfortable. So if you're like that Kansas City 
game that they played when it was minus 30, if you're going to give me like elements like that and it has to be outside, <laughs> I might stay home, even if the ticket's oh. free. Oilers, game seven, outdoor game, minus 30. Toronto Oilers Cup yeah. Finals. Minus At, 30. What's the football I'd there? I'd be there only for the Oilers. No shit. I'll I'll say I wouldn't do that for any other sports team. Okay. I'll say it's I'll say it's sports pending because obviously there's a lot of factors, but we're not playing that game. Uh, I do love the environment at home with friends. Like if I was watching it with you guys, Leafs Oilers, as much as Dane and we might fight in person if one of the other team won. It's cool to watch with a bunch of friends in a group in like a bar type setting or at home, right? It's great. But I have to agree with live at the stadium. It's definitely that experience. If you can say you were there to watch your team win, that's a memorable moment. So it may be an easy question, but it's actually one of the more common sports questions. And believe it or not, over 60% of people have went in either direction, but the most part live at a stadium has win. But believe it or not, 40% of people on average have stated they like to watch it at home. So that's why it was a good question that I researched prior to asking that I wanted to ask you. So that's the would you rather for this week. The would you rather will be every week because we can do would you rather about anything you want at any time, sports related or not. I almost asked you, would you rather be Batman or Spider-Man today? That's how much I was going to pause that. Pause that. We'll save that. Maybe we'll do two one. We'll do two next week. I want your answer next week on that part. Um, nonetheless, this has been the Game Sports Podcast. It's been a fully loaded segment. A lot of a lot of information when it comes to the hockey world in particular, because that's what I'm feeling is a little bit hot. And obviously, there was some baseball discussed at the beginning by yours truly. Uh, everyone's probably wondering why WWE wasn't mentioned. We'll get to that next week. Okay, things are around the corner uh, in terms of WWE. WrestleMania is a hop and a skip away, and a lot of storylines coming out there. But nonetheless, it's been great having you on, Dane. It's been great having you on, Alex. Dane, I know you got to get outside with the dog, so thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, David. And I'll play on each other guys again one of these days. I don't believe you. I don't either. Alex, thank you as always, my friend. Every week, it's a joy. Thanks for not telling me you're going to come online and then making me wait all night to play. And then I fall asleep in this chair waiting, waiting for a text. I'm going to be a monster. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be there. That sucks. I got to go score Geno's in real life because I'm, I'm reformed. I'm the new McDavid in real life. That's great. I'll see you on in Chal in a few hours. Uh, this, this is Dave McKay with the Game Sports Podcast. We are powered by 91N91 Network. Follow us on social media, wherever you are, audio, video, podcasts, versions that you're listening to. Like, follow, subscribe goes a long way for us and interact with us. We love that. We feel, we get, we get excited. <clears throat> yeah, we get, we get excited. Love it. We love it. And again, I want to say thank you to join uh, for you. <laughs> For joining us here on the Game Sports Podcast. Again, Dave McCaig on behalf of Dane Hancho and Alex Parr. Thank you again. Everyone have a good night. I'm here to remind you, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. <laughs>